0: And beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today.
1: Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yalmo Patton here with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Happy to be with you on WKOM 1017FM WZYX, the Eagle 945 down in Winchester. Uh, it's a uh, It's going to be an interesting segment here as we continue our coverage of college football and our second day of Big 12 coverage. Yesterday, we told you about everybody else. (laughs) And today, we talk about the Big Dog and the team that's much like the UT here, which is always back next year. Next year's our year. (laughs) We'll talk about Oklahoma and Texas. And uh, joining us to do that is Jason Kersey of The Athletic. Jason, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, Jason, obviously
2: um, we kind of goofed. We um, we forgot that the Big 12 does not have divisions any longer, but um, I think it's reasonable to discuss Oklahoma and Texas on their own since um, one has been – pretty much historically the class of the Big 12 and the other, as, as Chris said, is always expected to be. Um, First off, what, what are your expectations out of Texas this time around, especially with, with the coaching change, with Steve Sarkeesian coming in and taking things over up there?
0: Well, you know, every year we play the same game, uh, both nationally and in the Big Twelve, and it's the is Texas back game. And uh, I'm, and to be honest, uh, I'm I'm a little tired of that um, because, you know, th- this this stretch of mediocrity mediocracy has gone on for ten years. I mean, we're we're Texas has not been relevant nationally really since what 2009. Um. Uh, 2000. Well, they, they, I think were they okay in 2010? Maybe I don't remember. Anyway, the point is <laughs> that's the point, kind Yeah, it's it, it's been a long time, and so, you know, we've been through Mac Brown, Charlie Strong, Tom Herman. Now there's a new coach. Um, I personally don't think Tom Herman should have been fired because I didn't think they were that bad last year. I mean, they lost a couple of close games. Um. And, you know, I I, sort of got the sense that maybe they were getting better. I I don't know. I was kind of surprised they decided to make that move. But the point is um, no coach is going to be successful there uh, until some of the other factors are fixed. And by that, I mean the boosters, um, having such an outside, 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 outside role down there, um, having so much power. There's just a lot of complicated things about Texas. So I just, I just don't know what my expectations are for them this year. I think that they are talented enough to win the Big Twelve and go to the playoff. I, I do believe that. Um, but will they? I, almost certainly not <laughs> uh, this year. I mean, I think they're going to need a little time to adapt to another new coach. Which that's the other thing is, you know, if you're Texas, you keep doing this, you have to start over every three or four years. Um, you know, it's really hard to to build a program and um and to and to get back to where they believe they should be. So they're talented. They're probably gonna give OU a tough game, uh, in the cotton bowl because they always do. Um but in terms of their overall success, I, I I'm gonna have to see it before I believe it because it's just been so long.
2: You know, understandably so. And you know, as as you mentioned, Jason, this is a Texas team that last year with Herman average a little bit over forty forty two 42 points a game and six plus yards per play offensively so I mean I'm not sure how much you can improve on that
0: right I mean yeah that's the thing they 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 really have a lot of talent now, I'm really interested to see this year Bijan Robinson mm-hmm. you know that's one criticism you can have of Tom Herman last well there's a bunch but but <laughs> one in particular is one in particular is they didn't give Bijan John Robinson the ball. And this is one of the most talented running backs in the Big 12 who, when he played and when he got the ball, he did big things. And, you know, he's on the preseason All-Big 12 uh, first team. Uh, I think there's uh, even maybe some uh, – some maybe a little Heisman speculation about him because he's so good. Now, is that going to happen? I don't think so. But not this year. But – um But just the fact that we're even talking about that, I mean, he is a really, really good player. So they've got talent. There's no doubt they've got talent.
1: Yeah, I think especially with a quarterback controversy or a quarterback battle as they currently have with both Casey Thompson and Hudson Card, it almost lends itself to, well, if we can't figure out who our quarterback is going to be, maybe we just keep handing it to Bijan until uh, that doesn't work anymore. (laughs) 355 yards over his last two games last year in 2020. So that, that that that's obviously a big time performance from uh, Bijan, and then they get Alabama transfer uh, Keelan Robinson as well. So uh, they're they're running their running back situation is looking really good for Sarkesian, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and, and the quarterback thing is interesting because uh, you know Casey Thompson. I don't know if you guys know who his dad is, but Casey Thompson's father is Charles Thompson, who was Barry Switzer's last quarterback in the 80s.
2: <laughs> that must have been so, an interesting recruitment
1: there.
0: <laughs> so so there's a lot of drama there. There's a lot of really compelling, juicy stuff there if, if Casey Thompson wins that job.
1: No doubt. Uh, defensively, this uh, this Texas team, you know, giving up three, 32 points a game last year in conference only. Uh, they lose Joseph Asai. What what can you expect defensively? Not that you know, as we like to say here in SEC country, not that the Big Twelve plays any. <laughs> well,
0: you know, I would push back on that a little. You know I'm just I mean? giving I, you I hard think, time. I, I know, but but and I know that's the reputation, and it's well earned reputation for the Big Twelve. <laughs> um but 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 I do think that that is getting better. I think the defenses really around the league have gotten better. OU Oklahoma um, is certainly at the top of that list because of what Alex Grinch has done. And I know we'll get into uh, to OU in a minute. But um, but yeah, I mean I, Texas. I mean they they again they've got talent. They've got the guys there. I think to to be a really good defense. I mean you think about Texas's recruiting base. I mean, even when they have bad years, they sign good recruiting classes almost always. Um because they're in the middle of Texas where <laughs> yeah, right.
1: uh, it's kind of hard not where, to yeah.
0: Yeah, they're in the middle of Texas, so even if they don't get their first choices, they're still getting really good players most of the time. And the truth is most kids down there want to play for the University of Texas. I mean, that's sort of a uh, a big deal. Austin's a great city. I mean, they've got every – that's a thing I think that's so frustrating for people about Texas. They have literally every advantage <laughs> in the world. They've got all the money. They've got all the recruiting base. They've got everything you conceivably could – and they're in – They have their own TV network. network. <laughs> They have their own T V network. They're in one of the great cities in the state of Texas, if not the country. Austin is a great city. Like, the only
2: thing that they don't have is a beach.
0: That's, that's a, true. I, that's, I mean that's that's, that's it. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a really that's well said. I agree. They don't have a beach. <laughs> but We're they got everything else. Down there. yeah Yeah. speaking
2: Uh, speaking with jason kersey of the athletic and as he said we're going to get to ou in just a second we're we're, we've reached that second jason from here we are particularly fascinated with ou because there's some local talent when i say local some tennessee talent that has made its way there either as their first choice or as their second choice um I don't know who you specifically would like to speak about first, but you know Eric Gray winding up down there from the University of Tennessee was a little interesting to us. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, I mean, that was interesting to everybody when uh, you know three guys from the same school end up followed OU. I mean, uh, that was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty weird. I, I was pretty surprised that that happened, but but it makes sense if you look at the individuals. And what they're looking for. OU needed it and what OU needed. They needed another running back. Um, Eric Gray wanted to play in Lincoln Riley's offense. Uh, what offensive star wouldn't, you know, really, mm-hmm. I mean, in a lot of ways, want to play in that offense. Uh, Key Lawrence, uh, the safety, uh, OU really needed some better depth at safety. Um, he, he could potentially start there. Wanye Morris is almost certainly going to be the starting left tackle this year. Um, for OU so I mean Individually it all made sense But it was interesting and then yeah like you Mentioned I mean OU has recruited the state Of Tennessee quite well in the Last few years I mean uh, they Signed uh, Woody Washington um, uh, Who who uh, You know was a Starting corner last year uh, Was a, I think the number one player in the State in his class uh, A couple of years ago and then uh, They signed Reggie Grimes A A you know, really good defensive end uh, out of uh, out of uh, Brentwood. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, they' they've they've sort of dipped their toes into that Tennessee recruit into that Tennessee market. and it's interesting because there's a lot of talent out there, as you guys obviously know. I mean, um, and and I guess as long as Tennessee is not uh, what I think a lot of people believe they could and should be, then those players are going to be a little bit more up for grabs, I would assume. That, that's sort of the way that I view it, at least from a distance. It, see, and, and, and hey, there's an Oklahoma guy at Tennessee now and Josh Eiffel. So if he gets that thing turned around, maybe that'll change. But right now, um, OU's kind of got developing a little foothold out
2: there. Hey, certainly, um, that's accurate. And, and Reggie Grimes, in particular, came in and, and got some playing time as a freshman, like you said, at defensive end last year. What do you see his – situation be in as he comes back for year two
0: it's gonna be hard for him to probably start this year but that's only because OU's defensive line is so good right now Um, you know OU brings back a lot of really talented defensive linemen and and, uh, I, I do think Grimes will play more this year and I think that Next year, maybe his year to, to, to shine. I think I think maybe he's got one more year as a reserve, but I do think he'll play more than he did last year, and I think next year he has a real chance to start.
2: Can't talk about Oklahoma without talking about Spencer Rattler and continuing the legacy of sooner quarterbacks under Lincoln Riley in particular. I mean, I guess this was the first guy that wasn't a Heisman finalist since he took over, but you know, what what do you see for him?
0: Yeah, uh, well, he had you know a really nice season last year. He kind of started off a little rough, and I think that put him off the radar for people a little bit. They lost two of their first three games, which really for OU is unheard of. They haven't done that, <laughs> I don't think, since before the Bob Soups era, even. And so, um, so that was a long time ago. Uh, so that kind of got Rattler off to a rough start, and I think that also sort of took him out of the spotlight. You Guess he got a little rattled, season, huh? Come yeah, on, yeah, come on, yeah, right. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, his first couple games were not very good, and I think that sort of took the spotlight on him. If you remember last uh, preseason, uh, Spencer Rattler was kind of a trendy pick to win the Heisman as a redshirt freshman just because you had seen Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts have those years that they had in three straight years, and so um, when he got off to that rough start, I think it sort of kind of took him off the radar a little bit. And, it, and without all that attention on him, he actually played extremely well in the back half of the season. In fact, if you look at his like pro football focus numbers, I mean, he was his his grades are in the same range as. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence when you got to the end of the year and then the way they beat Florida in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, he played really well at the end of the year. So um, so I think that once again, he's coming in with a ton of hype. Uh, He's, you know, again, a trendy pick to to possibly win the Heisman to be potentially even the number one overall pick next year in the NFL draft. Uh, now how he handles that pressure will will certainly go a long way to determining his success. Right now, he's also getting a ton of attention because of name image likeness. Look he's, he's one of the players maybe in the whole country that is uh, you know able to take advantage of this the, the most. And so um, there's a lot on his plate right now, but he's an extremely talented quarterback and I don't see any reason why he can't uh, you know put up the same kind of numbers that we saw from a Baker Mayfield. Um, and, and at least in terms of passing, at Kyler Murray, he's not going to rush for a thousand yards like Kyler Murray did. But as far as a passer, I mean, he is he is as he is as talented a pure passer, I would say, as maybe OU's ever
1: had. Jason I, Kersey of the Athletic, yeah, wow, <laughs> right, speaking to us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, uh, Jason. Before we let you go, we're going to go ahead and uh, put you on the spot here. Uh, outside of Oklahoma, who wins the Big Twelve? Oh well,
0: look that—that's an easy answer. You aren't putting me on the spot. The answer is Iowa State, uh, <laughs> and I know no. And I know nobody wants. Uh, you know, maybe people who don't follow the Big Twelve closely would be surprised to hear that. But Iowa State was darn good last year, and mm-hmm. they came very close to beating Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game. And then they did beat Oklahoma during the regular season. And not only that, Iowa State has everybody back. I mean, they brought back almost their whole team. They had a lot of guys uh, take advantage of that super senior season they uh they they convinced guys who probably would have been drafted to come back you but brock purdy is is one of the best quarterbacks iowa state's ever had if not the best Brees hall was fifth in the heisman voting last year at running back charlie Kohler, xavier hutchinson i mean mike rose on defense uh, greg Eisworth. this is a this is a really, really good Iowa State team. And I think that they're going to – I do think they will contend for the Big 12. I think they're going to play OU tough, and uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if they beat OU.
2: We spoke about Iowa State yesterday on our show, and of all the people they've got coming back, probably the biggest one is the coach. Matt Campbell being able to retain him with all of the turnover that was going on across college and pro football um, had to really be a feather in their caps, I would think.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, Matt Campbell has, is one of the best coaches in the country, in my opinion. I mean, Iowa State is a hard place to win. It's a hard place to recruit guys to. Um, I, I I actually find Ames, Iowa, to be quite charming myself, but uh, I don't know how seventeen-year-old <laughs> high school football <laughs> players feel about that. And that's no offense to Ames. I think it's a great town. It's just not a recruiting hotbed. They don't have the tradition, uh, you know, of, of some of the other schools, uh, even in their region. Um, and and he's just done a, a remarkable job there. And uh, I I you know I to be honest sort of wondered if he was going to leave after last season i think he's probably had the opportunities to uh certainly i think the nfl is interested in him uh people people talk about you know michigan and those sorts of bigger jobs but he seems pretty dedicated to iowa state right now and uh and that's awesome i think it's great i i, I hope he stays there Uh, for a long time because I think he's great for the Big 12, and I think he's obviously great for Iowa State. And and it's been a lot of fun to watch that program rise because the other thing I'd say about Iowa State, as as someone who's covered the Big 12 for a long time, uh, Iowa State fans are awesome. They're great fans. They're loyal fans. They've put up with a lot through the years. (laughs) Kind of have to be. And they deserve this. They they truly deserve this.
1: Well, we agreed – we both thought Iowa State was kind of, you know, among those top two or three teams in the the conference to 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 vie for the championship. So it should be a lot of fun to watch the Big Twelve this year. Jason, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We really appreciate you uh, shedding some light and insight on the Big Twelve.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem, Jason Kersey of the Athletic here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Today, we'll be uh, right back to WKOM 1017FM, WZYX 94.5 The Eagle on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Back to the company studio right after.